good morning. Good to see you this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Josh and uh, one of the pastors here. Welcome to all of you who are online as well that you can join us, I'm glad. Uh, Hey, as we start today, I wanna start with a little exercise. Uh, Kind of a little game to some degree. Um, We're gonna call it an exercise in ignorance. So I want you just to get everything out of your mind to just forget everything you know about parables, about Jesus' teaching in scripture. Just pretend you, you don't know anything about it. And uh, let's also pretend that we live in a remote region of the world uh, where we've never heard any of Jesus' parables before. We've never heard God's word before. And so pretend too then, we recently discovered, all of us together on our little island or wherever we're living, uh, somebody was digging in the ground and they discovered uh, this old parchment. And on this parchment was, was a story. Um, and here's what it says. It, well, in fact, actually, when you first looked at it, it was a different language. You couldn't understand it, but somebody was able to decipher it. And you, you heard these words. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and they devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil. Immediately they sprang up. But since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds, they fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and and they choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil. And they produced grain. Some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold. And that's it. That's all we've got. Now, I wonder, what would we think about that? We dug that up out of the ground, and we're reading it. And What, what would we think? Some of us would think, well, it's just a story. Others would think, yeah, and it's a dull story. It's just, it's kind of boring. I mean, I don't know about this story. But you know, the majority of us might argue if we knew nothing about any of this in the past and never heard this before, we might argue that this is some sort of ancient instruction manual on gardening. Uh, For the text itself, we have this farmer, we have this farmer who he's out scattering seeds, right? And he's scattering seed on, on four different surfaces, only one of which produces any grain. You got the hard path, and first off, though, we kind of chuckle at his technique because we think, who, who, who plants their field like this? Who has a big bucket or a big bag and is just throwing out seed willy-nilly all over the ground? That's, that's, what's wrong with these people? That's a weird thing. Uh, and then uh, we think, well, and, and why would he throw it on a hard path? I mean, we wouldn't do that. We know how to grow stuff. You don't grow it on the path. And why would he throw it in rocky ground? I mean, how how would the ground that's rocky produce anything? I mean, those roots aren't gonna go deep. Uh, Why would they do that? Why does he even have to say that? And then, and and what about throwing it in with all the weeds? Who would do that? And with the thorns to choke it out? That's just dumb. And in uh, in our chronological pride, because we live later in time and we think we know a lot more than anybody else who ever lived, we think, man, those people, what's wrong with them? But the one thing we do agree about is that, yeah, in good soil, you plant it on good soil, stuff's gonna grow. And so then eventually we just conclude that, you know, this is probably just 
some good advice for people who don't know much and they're just learning to farm and learning things and well, this would be a good, good help for them than learning how to sow seed and grow a crop. Well, you and I know uh, from the benefit of, of knowing God's word that in fact, this isn't just a, a story of how to do ancient agronomy. This is a parable of Jesus. We're studying Jesus' parables this summer. Do you know what a parable is? A parable is simply this. Uh, A parable is a story that's intended to illustrate or to teach. It's just a story that has a deeper meaning to it. And, And Jesus often taught in parables. He often did. We read in in verse one of chapter 13 in Matthew that that same day, uh, Jesus went out of the house, he sat by the sea, and great crowds gathered about him. He just wanted to kind of get away, you know? But then people kept following him, and uh, they gathered about him so that he got into a boat and he sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And so he shoved off from shore a little bit, and he began to teach them. How did he do it? Using parables. And a parable is simply a story that's intended to teach, and that's the, the story we have here where Jesus tells about these different soils. You know, the, uh, he, as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and they devoured them. Uh, other seed fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil and immediately they sprang up. Uh, but when the sun rose, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered away. And then you had the, the seed that was uh, sown among thorns and uh, the thorns grew up, the weeds grew up and choked them out until finally you have the seed that's sown on good soil. And it produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. See, parables are stories that are intended to teach. That's why when Jesus ends this parable, he says, he who has ears, let him what? Let him hear. Lean in, pay attention, there's something here for you to hear and to learn from. And so parables, why they have a, a deeper meaning and they're intended to teach, they, they also require a response. Jesus wanted us to respond to his parables, to, to, to react to them, to, to turn and follow him because of them. And, uh, you know, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Dave told us parables uh, were stories with two levels of meaning. Uh, those that are on kind of a surface level and then those that go deeper and have a spiritual level of meaning. And in the same way that they have two levels of meaning, parables have two distinct purposes that work at the same time. And let's start with the first purpose of parables that Jesus uh, taught. Jesus taught with parables to conceal the truth from some. He he used parables to conceal truth, to, to keep people from totally understanding That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Why wouldn't Jesus want everybody to understand? Well, in part, we're going to learn it's because uh, uh, potentially the the soil of their heart isn't ready to receive it. And so parables conceal truth until they're ready to lean in and ready uh, to turn to him in faith. Parables can conceal. You know, if we were to go backwards, if you notice at the beginning of our passage this morning, it says that same day Jesus went out and sat by the sea. Well, previously he had been in a house teaching and we read this, that while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his, his mom and his brothers showed up and they stood outside, they wanted to speak to him. 
You know, they thought Jesus had taken this whole church thing a little far. He had lost it a little bit and they wanted, like, Jesus, you gotta come home. <laughs> but, but notice there's a key word here. Where, where were they? They were, they were outside. They were outside. Whereas everybody who's, been, who's being taught by Jesus is, is inside and he's teaching them. And so uh, scripture uses this metaphor often that there's those who are outside of God's household. And, and it's those that uh, Jesus tells parables and conceals truth from those who are outside. In fact, when, uh, when Mark uh, speaks of Jesus uh, teaching in parables, he said to them, Jesus says, uh, to you it's been given the secret of the kingdom of God, he says to his disciples, but for those where? For those outside, everything's in parables. You know, after Jesus tells this parable, if we go back to kind of our imaginary island where we don't know anything about the Bible and we just read this story, his disciples did something similar to like we might have, going, Jesus, why are, you, why are you telling a story about a guy sowing seed? Because, by the way, that is the way they would have sown seed in that day. They didn't have big green tractors. They just had bags with seed and they'd, just, they'd throw it and scatter it. And the more abundantly you sowed, the more abundant your crop would be. And you couldn't necessarily control exactly where it was gonna land. Some would be on a path, some on rocky ground, some on good soil, some in the thorns. And then you let it grow and you harvested what grew. But his disciples come to him in verse 10 after he says, he who has ears, let him hear. They come to him and they say, uh, what are you talking about? And so here's how Jesus replies. Um, first he tells them that they're blessed because uh, they can know these things. But then in verse 12, he talks about those outside. For to the one who has, more will be given. He'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they don't see. And hearing, they don't hear. Nor do they understand. Uh, Jesus is saying, I, I speak to them in parables, but the reality is, I mean, they're, they're hearing, they have ears, uh, but it's just noise, it's just a story, it's just that first level of meaning. They, they haven't really leaned in uh, to, to allow themselves to learn the truth of, of what I'm really saying. They've seen me, but they haven't perceived who I really am. You know, the reality is that uh, some of us, we've gone to church our whole lives. We've been in and out of churches our whole lives. We've heard the truth. We've, we've seen it, lived out. But we've never really heard it and understood it. We've never really perceived it to where it, it actually has come into our life and, and changed us, where we've truly repented and turned to Christ. And the truth is some of us are still on the outside. Jesus goes on, he's referencing the prophet Isaiah when he says all these things. He says, indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. That says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but, but never perceive. This people's heart has grown dull. I wonder, have you spent your whole life hearing these things but never really understanding? Seeing it but never really perceiving and turning to the Lord? Friends, you're on the outside if that's you. And that's a dangerous place to be. 
eternally speaking. But do you know the good news is? You're invited inside. Jesus invites you inside to hear the truth of his word and really understand it, to see who he is and truly perceive that truth, to repent of your sin and come to him. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter where you are in life, it's not too late. I grew up in a pretty traditional church. In fact, this is a picture of the church I grew up in. I was confirmed up on that stage in eighth grade. And in this church, we had stained glass windows down both aisles of the church. On one side was... Uh, stories from the Old Testament. On the other side were images from the New Testament and there were some other things you can't see. It's kind of blurry. Some things up front, there was more stained glass up there. But when you were sitting in there, I can remember just as a little boy looking at some of these windows and and the stories and just the color and they're beautiful. Anybody ever in a church like that? Just with glass windows? The thing is, when I was on the inside, it it was gorgeous. You could see the light pouring in And it was beautiful, but uh, look at this same window from the outside. Those are the exact same windows, same building. From the outside, looking in, okay, it's a window, but it's kind of dark, it's kind of dull, it's kind of hazy. That's the difference between those to whom Jesus has concealed truth versus those to whom he's revealed it. For, For some of you, you're still on the outside and and you're hearing these things over and over and over, but it's like looking through the stained glass window from the wrong side. You're like, eh, that's all right. I don't quite get the beauty of it. I don't quite get why anybody cares. But then when you get inside and you see the brilliance of the color and the light shining in, that's the difference here. And to those on the outside, truth is concealed in parables. In fact, uh, the writer Paul, the Apostle Paul, writer of Romans, when he writes to them, he he talks about those who are on the outside. Uh, Since they didn't see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind and to do what ought not to be done. Um, he, He gives them over to their own will when they're left on the outside. But on the inside, you can see the truth of What's there? You know, C.S. Lewis had, had a good quote along those same lines. He said, there's two types of people in the end. At the end of time, there'll be two categories of people. Those who said to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God said, thy will be done. Those who either turn to Christ and accept the invitation to come inside the beauty of who he is and accept his grace. And those who say, yeah, I don't know, it just looks kind of dull to me. I'm just gonna go do what I want. Come inside. See, because while Jesus, uh, through his parables, conceals truth to some, he reveals truth to others. He reveals truth through his parables to those who are on the inside who have turned to him. And uh, the reality is that uh, you can move from the outside to the inside, right? Because Jesus' mother and his brothers who were on the outside of the house and thought he was crazy and everything he was teaching, later, what happens with, with all of them? They come to faith in who he is. In fact, his brothers who were on the outside saying, no, you just put this church thing away. Man, you're losing it. Later, they write books of the Bible and they call their big brother God. 
If anybody's gonna do that, if it's a brother, I mean, there's, there's hope to join those inside. Uh, and, and Jesus, when he replies to the, to the disciples and they say, well, what are you talking about farming for? You know, what did we sign up for ag school with you? He, he says to them in verse 11, he answered them, well, he said, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you're on the inside. But to them, it, it hasn't been given. They, they can't see, they hear, but they haven't understood. They see, but they haven't perceived. So, but blessed are your eyes because they see meaning they see and they perceive who he truly is. And blessed are your ears for, for they hear and they don't just like hear the sound, but they understand. Friend, if, if that's you, you've been blessed beyond measure that God has revealed his truth to you. For truly, Jesus says, I say to you that many prophets and righteous people, they longed to see what you see, but they never saw it. They did not see it. And to hear what you hear and they did not hear it. They, they longed for that. Do you know, uh, some of you, if you're still on the outside, that ache in your heart, that longing, that's a longing to come inside. That's a longing to know Jesus for who he is. All those other things you've tried to fill your life with that have never been enough and left you wanting, it's because you're designed for more. And uh, truly, you can turn and your eyes can see, your ears can hear, but you know, you've got to lean in and listen to Jesus' parables this summer. Lean in and, and really tune your ears to hear from him. So, uh, you know, as we've said, Jesus' parables, they conceal truth from some, they reveal it to others. So here's the deal, tend the soil of your heart. Tend to the soil of your heart, lean in. And what we're gonna do the rest of our time together this morning is we're gonna look at the rest of this passage to where Jesus actually interprets the parable he just told, which is a rare thing. The parable of the sower is, is a favorite of many because it's, it's one of the few where Jesus says, by the way, here's what I mean by this, this, this. And he explains it and it helps us to know how to understand his other parables, how to lean in and really learn uh, what he's saying and see it from the inside. So uh, let's just borrow Jesus' words here. Here then, here, lean in. Hear the parable of the sower. Uh, when Jesus began uh, this parable, he had started off in uh, verse three and four. He said, uh, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. And now look in verse uh, 19, he explains it. He says, well, the, the, the seeds that fall on the path, the, the seed, by the way, is the word of God, the gospel being, being thrown out and spread and, and it lands on different hearts in different ways. And the way it's affected you reveals the nature of the soil of your heart at the time. He says the, the path is when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and they don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. It's like the sower throwing seed and it lands on the ground and then the birds come and just have a feast. That's the seed that's 
on the path. It's, it's hard ground, it's packed dirt. It's like this trail that the more and more you walk over it, the harder and harder it gets. And if you were gonna plant a garden, that's probably the last place you'd choose to, to plant it, right? Because your seeds wouldn't take root, they'd be snatched away. It just laid there until the birds came along for a snack. And then uh, he explains the next one uh, because in verse five, it says other seeds fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil. Immediately they sprang up, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. This is the rocky ground. Uh, Jesus explains it. He says, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. They, they hear the word and they're like, this is, this is great. I love it. They're fired up just quickly, right? Ready to roll. Yet, uh, he has no root in himself. Endures for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. This would be akin to, uh, I have a cement driveway. If I put about two inches of, of topsoil on my driveway and planted grass seed, and I grabbed you know, the bag of seed and I'm just like the sower there and I'm just throwing it out and throwing it out and throwing it out and I water it and, and it grows and it would grow pretty good until what? Until I quit watering it, which I would get tired of probably pretty quickly. And then as soon as there was a hot day, even if I had watered it that morning, chances are the sun would scorch it and whatever had grown would quickly wither because the root couldn't go deep. Because it couldn't go deep. You know, my, my yard is a rocky ground. I kind of live on a gravel pit to where uh, right now this time of year it's, it's green and it looks nice and it's a lawn. But come late July, early August, it turns into a yard and it's just crunchy because of all the rocky soil underneath it. It just, the roots don't go deep. They don't hold much. And uh, when you're sowing a crop, if the roots don't get established, it withers and it dies. Well, uh, then there's a third type of soil. The other seed, verse seven, Jesus told in this parable, fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. There's the path, the rocky ground, and now the thorns or the weeds. They took root too, they began to grow, um, but the weeds and the thorns grew up faster and they choked them out. Um, they, they robbed the seed of nutrition and water and light and Jesus explains what he means here. He says, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. They even respond to it, they, they grow. Uh, but then the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And so it proves unfruitful. It grows a little bit, but it gets choked out. You know, uh, times in my life, I could point to times where the soil of my heart's been like this, you know? I've, I've, I've responded to God's word and I've been excited about it, but then the cares of the world go, oh, yeah, I love you, Lord, oh, but I gotta go care about this. And, oh yeah, but I, I wanna get back, yeah, but I gotta, I gotta do this, I don't have time for this. I'm, you ever do that? And the cares of the world choke it out. Jesus says, if you wanna follow me, take up your cross, follow me. And the thorns just rob it of water and light and of space. But then there's the good soil. Other seeds fell on good soil. They produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And Jesus says, uh, 
that the seed that fell here, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. You know, Jesus ends his parable telling us about this seed that fell on good soil, and it grew too, but here's the difference with this seed compared to all the other seeds. Not only did it grow, it continued to grow. It kept growing. And not only this, but it produced fruit, in this case, grain. And notice each seed had a different yield, right? The, the point isn't like how, how much they grew or, or how effective they were. It's just they produced fruit. Some 100-fold, some 60, some 30. If the seed's really taken root, there's gonna be fruit to it. And, and this parable, um, Jesus says, then he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, as you hear God's word, uh, Lean in, receive it. Um, the farmer, Jesus, he sowed good seed, but some of it sprouted, some didn't, and some landed on the hard packed ground, some landed on the rocky ground. But here's what I would say to you, same as the psalmist, and uh, today if you would hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, today, it's not too late. You know, um, maybe, maybe your heart is hard to the point that the truth just can't penetrate. It's like a path that's just been trodden down for years and for years. And some people have hardened their hearts to the gospel so much that unless some major upheaval happens. Nothing's ever gonna grow there. You know, maybe that's you. Maybe your heart has become so hard over the years that the reality is that unless something big happens and just tills up that ground and turns everything on its head, nothing's gonna grow there. And you're never gonna respond to the gospel. So you know my prayer is for you? A dangerous one. That God would turn things upside down so that you'd turn to him. You know, and then there's uh, the rocky ground. Uh, those of us who at sometimes we initially respond in a great way to the gospel, but over time find out it never really took root in their heart. It was just like any other self-help. It wasn't deep at all. And when the trials came, when life got hard, it just got scorched by the sun. You know, sadly, a lot of people are 18 inches from heaven. They, they know it in their head, but it's never grown roots into their heart to change them. You know, if that's you, maybe there's some rocks you just need to dig up. You know, I can remember when I was a little boy, my, my dad was a farmer until I was about in third grade, early 80s in the farming crisis. But I can remember going out with him and my, uh, my uncle, actually my great uncle, at, at times when I was just a little boy, but riding in the tractor, picking up rocks in the field, like big rocks that would mess up you know, the farm equipment. Why? So that things would grow. So that things would grow and take root. We need to do the same thing at times in our own lives. 
so that there'd be fruit. And then, and sometimes uh, the soil's like thorns. This person hears the word, but the cares of the world choke it out. The deceitfulness of riches choke it out, Jesus said, and there's, there's no fruit. Instead of wanting more of Christ, I just want more of this, or I just want more of this, or I, I'm really concerned with this. And it just chokes out the good work of God in our hearts. But friend, when the seed lands on good soil, it grows and it keeps growing and there's fruit. And if you're wondering, okay, so what's the, what's the soil of my heart then? I mean, really, that's the question of the day. What's the soil of your heart these days? Well, first question is this. As you look back at your life, if you've trusted Christ, you say, yeah, I've become a Christian at some point, not just going to church, but I've, I've really turned to Jesus. Here, here's the answer to whether or not you really have. Is there fruit? Have you, has it changed you? Now, it might have changed you 100-fold, might have changed you 60-fold, 30-fold, 10-fold. The amount isn't the concern right now. It's has it changed you? Because here's the thing. If your faith hasn't changed you, it's a big question to ask. Has it really saved you? I think the answer from the New Testament would be probably not. If your faith hasn't changed you, has it really saved you? Not have you changed to be saved, but because you're saved, have you changed? And then if that is you, you're like, yeah, there's fruit, Josh, but you know, there was a time where it was good soil, but I don't know what happened. And do you ever battle that? Can you look at different seasons of your life, even after becoming a Christian? Where sometimes like your, the heart, your, your heart becomes like a hard path or it becomes like rocky ground or there's thorn, thorns that choke out the good work God wants to do in your life. I, I can. And I think the, the same application applies then if you're a follower of Jesus, if your, your heart becomes hard, you need to pray for God to change something and just overturn something to soften up that soil and change you. And sometimes some kind of crisis can be one of the greatest blessings God brings into your life. Or if the ground is rocky, maybe there's just something under the surface and the roots can't get deeper. You know, you need, you need to get out the shovel and by God's grace, dig those things up and make ground, make, make, make room for roots to grow. Chisel it up, soften the soil. And I was talking earlier with somebody, I mean, you might have good soil, but it's just gotten hard. You need to water it more. You need to till it and tend the soil of your heart. Or maybe there's just a lot of concerns and cares in life right now because the reality is the weeds grow, don't they? I don't know. I don't know if they grow. They grow in my life, so I'm guessing they probably grow in each of yours too. And we gotta be diligent to pull them out and to weed them out so that the, the good things have more room to grow and then to fertilize that soil and care for it. Uh, but how's the soil of your heart today? One, have you ever really truly trusted Christ? If not, maybe today's the day you turn to him. If you have, are you tending the soil of your heart so that more good things can grow?
And in either case, it's not too late. Let me pray.